Hello and welcome to the Ball and Foot Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, and I'm joined alongside me today is my co-host, Jason. How are you doing today, sir? Hello, hello. I have had a chance to process what happened um, last Sunday. I'm ready to uh, move on and talk about something else. So I promise I will not complain as much this episode about, you know, what happened last Sunday. Yeah, um... Let's just put that in the past because, you know, the past is the past, uh, you know, Akuna Matata. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful so, phrase. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just going to uh, going to let that dwell there. We're going to try and bring positive vibes again um, to the podcast. I thought we were really positive last preview episode and then Anthony Taylor came along and screwed all those positive vibes. But we're going to be positive again going into another rivalry match against Leeds uh, coming up on Sunday. Um, bright and early game for us Americans over here. Great. Get to wake up early. Woohoo. I, I kind of love the early games. Oh, it's like uh, waking up at Christmas some days. Some days when we play well. Then it's those 8 o'clock yeah. games where you wake up and we we you know we come out and we don't play very well. And you're like, why did I wake up to watch this? I should have just right. watched the replay <laughs> later. My favorite times are always the brunch time games. Yes. Around 10, 10.30 mm-hmm. or whatever. Since brunch is still a thing i mean not that i eat brunch i always have this notion that i will but i just grab my little brunch time cheez it's and uh and i think i had some dark chocolate oreos this past time because oreos come in a blue package so i tend to get those as like a uh, a snack of choice for chill i try to buy i try to get things that are blue so i'm gonna eat uh, cheez it's are the exception they yeah i was just gonna say box. they're red so yeah 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 they're they're the exception uh, hey i we haven't lost a game yet and i've eaten a whole box of cheese it's both games so i don't know how long i keep the street going without dying but uh <laughs> maybe i'll make it through the season i don't know well now that you said that you've just jinxed us so we're probably going to lose to leads so lead now so oh no okay you just yeah. you gave away your your good juju so there i'm we apparently go. really bad at this podcasting thing nah you know all our 13 listeners out there we appreciate y'all you know thank shout you, out thank you Two of which are us. (laughs) Multiple times. Could get that CPM up, man. (laughs) We're trying to get some ads on here. That's right. That's right. All right, man. Let's uh, let's jump into this. Uh, And I think we'll start off with a couple of little transfer rumors here and there that we've, you know, heard throughout the week, you know, last week or so. So we'll try and keep this short to the point. Um, there's not a lot of, I mean, most of the ones have been discussed. Uh, one of the new ones is a Bami Yang. Um, rumor was 30 million, but right before we jumped on here to record, I saw on Reddit where we had tabled a bid for 22 million for a Bami Yang. I, I don't know. Um, does, I mean, so this is apparently a Tuchel signing from everything that, you know, was posted online. This is a Tuchel signing. So we have that, but, I mean, he's a 33-year-old striker who left the Premier League a year ago from Arsenal, and then he's on high wages. So, I don't know. Like, what? What's your thoughts on bringing in a 33-year-old Aubameyang, Jason? I mean, it clearly has to be like a gap filler, right? Like Tuchel has to just want yeah. him for like a year or, or maybe two. 
but 33 is terrifying. 20 million on top of that for 33 plus the high wages. Um, that seems a little rash in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I'm hoping that some of these things are just rumors that Tuchel wants them. But I guess if he sees a need and a gap to fill, he might just want like a a great uh, bit player. But like if, it, I mean, if he's Obama Yang, I don't know. Because he's probably going to demand more playing time than he'll get or than Tuchel wants. I don't know. I'm just speculating here. Yeah. But it doesn't seem that great to me but i don't i i'm kind of i guess i'm a trust the process guy now i don't know i feel very <laughs> like amiable and pliable and moldable in my thinking mm-hmm. about this if i can be convinced but uh yeah. so i'd love to hear your thoughts i mean my my i don't know if i have like that's i'm sort of the same way i'm like okay this is a tuchel signing i ran it and rave last week about backing the manager after the tottenham match and now it's like now he wants to bring in a 33-year-old striker. And I get it from, you know, they had a great relationship at his time at Dortmund. Apparently, he's not going to need a lot of time to slot in because he already knows Tuchel's system. So there won't be a lot of that, you know. It'll be more just he knows the system, just get familiar with the players around him. I mean, I can see in a way why he wants somebody when you continually throw Havertz out there and he continually misses big chance after big chance. And clearly, that's not where Havertz needs to be playing. Um so I can I can see why I I don't know I personally m- me if I was the manager I wouldn't want him because of his age uh, age I would like to get Brozier in there just give him a shot let him run let Brozier run out there against Leeds this weekend and see what he can do like put him in there instead of Havertz just it's Leeds let Brozier have a crack at it why not so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. What is what does Aubameyang add to a team that we don't already have? Right. Great, and, great point. He might, but he's really old at this point. Mm-hmm. And we just saw a thirty-something-year-old midfielder go down. Right. Uh, last game on his own. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I mean, then you know, so I mean, but I think that you know it brings the question though, and we sort of just alluded to it, like. Um, at what point, if you were the board and you're Bowley, since we don't have a director of football in here right now, at what point do you just look at your manager and say, that's not spending money wisely? Well, let's go after, let's find a different target. Because I feel like Bowley's just writing blank checks to Tuchel right now. Tuchel points at a player and Bowley's like, go get him. Like, and I think he's three for three right now in his signings. I think, you know, mm-hmm. as far as the, people that are going to play in our team this year. He's three for three with those guys. Um, so I don't know, like at what point do you sort of go, Hmm, maybe I shouldn't go by this player. If you're the board and Bowley. Exactly. I, and Bowley seems to me like he is just a kid in the candy store. Yeah. Bull in the China shop. All, both rolled into one. Like that dude is just going out and, making waves and trying to grab everything he can. I, maybe he's, maybe a better thing is he's, he's like a person in a, one of those wind machines where you're just trying to grab money. <laughs> like that seems to be what he's doing. Yeah. He's having, he's definitely like having, that one, that one, you know, yeah. so. he's definitely having fun out there. Like that's for sure. Like yeah. he, he is Todd Bowley is jet setting across Europe, you know, trying to buy players. Like he's having the time of his life right now. Really? Yeah, I don't think he has 
any notion of pushing back at the moment. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy right now. Maybe he'll put on those pants later, but as director of football, that dude is like breaking open the vault. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, it's mainly because he has no clue what he's doing. You know, true. I mean, he, he doesn't know how to scout uh, football players. He doesn't know how to scout, um, you know, do all this stuff. So he's just like literally like, hey, Tuchel, what am I supposed to do here? He's like, oh, you're supposed to go over there and negotiate with this guy. They want 30 minutes. From, ah, don't worry about it, man. It's fine. Just go for it. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, the, this might be a more concerning conversation in the future. But uh, for now, it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so I don't know. That's Aubameyang. It if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm not crying. Like same. So, um, I I do think though that if like you're looking at that, you're looking at what happened to Conte being injured. You know, still don't know exactly how long he's going to be out for. I heard it wasn't it as bad as they initially thought it was. So that's got to be good. some good. But it's still Conte, and he always. I would say give this won't be a good three or four weeks if it's just, you know, me guess on top of my head because he's Conte and he seems to be taking a little longer to come back from injuries the older he gets now. So, I, I mean, for me, it's more pressing to go after a midfielder than it is another striker at this point in time. I don't know. That's just me. I would rather I've been on the DeYoung height train since the beginning and I love it. I, But it's up to the player. We'll pay the money. I just don't think he wants to come here at this point in time, but I don't know. We'll see. I agree with that too. I'd rather have a midfielder in for sure, especially if it's too young. Yeah. So, I mean, but that does bring us to the next speculation that sort of came out today that we have, uh, apparently started, uh, looking at Casemiro from Real Madrid. Okay. I didn't really see this coming down the pipeline. Um, $51 million, apparently, sort of what Madrid has sort of set the bar at. Like, they'll start listening, and they would entertain selling him for around that price. So, I don't... Once again, he's an older guy. So, it's not like, you know, we're going to do, you know, this isn't a long-term fix for our midfield. So, I don't know. It's, it was interesting when I heard our name linked with him. And it was Bowley specifically. That was linked to him. Not okay. Necessarily, it was Bowley wants to make a move for him. So I don't know if that's like too cool saying, hey, go make this move for him, but whatever. Casemiro being linked to us now. What's your thoughts on that, Jason? What, was Casemiro not also being courted by Man United? Yes. That came out today as well that he was being courted by United, but that apparently we've been scouting or not scouting because you don't need to scout Casemiro. We've been admiring Casemiro for a while now and that Bowley wanted to go after him too. So yes, he was being trying, but I mean, they're getting rejected by everybody left and right. I don't know. Nobody wants to go to the, that dumpster fire right now. That team is just in shambles. I saw some joke tweet, uh, yesterday. Um, uh, that was basically, Casemiro set to go to Man United, but all of his friends told him not to come or something. I don't know. Or it was like a pretend phone call that he yeah. had with his friend. Anyway, I'm, I did a little quick tippy tap into my phone uh, just to Google Casemiro United. And uh, this says Man United ready to pay 80 million euros for him, which seems kind of wild. So let him have him. Let him have him for that price, Bowley. 
Whereas we have been paying the Premier League tax, Man mm-hmm. United have their own other tax bracket to get into because yeah. of, like you said, how much of a dumpster fire they are. Yeah, they have the dumpster fire tax over there at United <laughs> yeah. right now. So uh, sad, sad days for United at the moment. Yeah, it is. It is. Um. So yeah, that one's just that one just piqued my interest today when I saw that. I'm not really. I would rather just like if we're gonna spend 50 million on him, we were gonna spend 85 on. De Young, like, why are we not just looking at Declan Rice at this point, Tom? I mean, clearly, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, we got a good PK ticker, ticker. We got a good PK kicker. We don't have to uh, let him take the PKs here. He, come on over, Declan. Like that pressure will not be on you uh, anymore. Right. But that's he won't true. be captain here, so yeah, I guess that's something. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, that's the thing is like, I mean, the big rumor or the big deal that was not big deal, but I mean, it was a deal is that Emerson was headed to West Ham, you mm, know, right. um, but for I think it was like 12 plus three or something, it's about, about 15 million dollar deal somewhere around somewhere in that, you know, ballpark. And then that fell through today because apparently Emerson was demanding too much money. And I'm like, bruh. Like, and he, I mean, people brought up a great point. It's like, he has nothing to play for this year because Italy's not in the world cup. So he can just sit there and collect a check. He's not trying to make a world cup roster this year because Italy's sitting at home. So I was like, that's a fair point. But also what bargaining power does he have? He hasn't like performed at that high a level lately. I don't, I, what club was he at before? I can't remember. I don't know. That he was as good as mine. See, the fact that we can't remember means yeah. like what bargaining power did he even have to demand those wages so yeah it is it is what it is but um i mean the other big of course name that is being rumored to us right now is fofana um apparently now it's coming out you know that he started to push for the move um personal terms aren't supposed to be an issue right now um rumor is is that um you know a lot of the things that sort of leading to this now is, you know, sort of becoming more and more likely that this is going to happen. Um, Tuchel wants him. He wants to play for Tuchel. Um, he he wants to play uh, and learn under Silva, which I think is respectable. And then he, uh, my favorite part about the guy is he idolized Drogba going, growing up. So it's like mm-hmm. anybody that idolizes Drogba going up, like you're you're good in my book, guy. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, I don't know if he's going to be worth the price tag. I mean, $85 million for a guy that has played, what, one full season in the Premier League and had a good year yeah. and then got coming off an injury and has been hit or miss in their first couple of games. So, I mean, like, what what's your thoughts on this one, Jason? Yeah, I have kind of stopped looking at the price tag, I think, in, in a lot of ways. I just think that it's getting outrageous out there especially for the prices that we're willing to pay we don't have marina negotiating now we basically have the premier league tax i think we have a chelsea tax on us because i I don't know i think lester looked at bowley and we're like we can milk this guy for Um, sure i mean they obviously lester obviously don't want to lose him but it it I, I think you hinted on this a little while back, um, and I think it's starting to come to fruition a little bit because I think, um, uh, what's his face, their manager, Brendan Rogers, I think he um, like even confirmed that Lester do have a 
a financial issue. Mm-hmm. So um, it, I think for the, for us to go up to 85 million is ridiculous for, uh, for them to charge that is ridiculous for them to uh, not take that offer is ridiculous. If they are having financial trouble, I think that yeah. whole situation is ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> the, the nice thing about Fafana is even coming off an injury so young. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think injuries are as devastating as they once were. Um, but you still, I don't know, is it too early to assess how much that injury has affected him as a player? Uh, because we're seeing it with Chilwell now. Mm-hmm. Um, he it's taken him a little while to recover. So, but if, uh, if they are offering him like a six year contract and he does come in and he wants to learn and he actually does want to be at Chelsea, that's a nice sign. It has seemed mm-hmm. like we got denied just as much as we signed this year. So I, I would welcome somebody who has idolized our players and wants to play for our club. I think that that's kind of cool. So is that worth 85 million pounds? Uh, don't know, but uh, I mean, there's a lot going on there. I think people tend to look at price tag. Can Fafana add to our team now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is is he the best option? Probably not. But at the same time, we're getting really close to the end of the transfer window. So, yeah, I think I'm just rambling now. But I'm just kind of thinking mm-hmm. out loud, like, pros and cons. I've kind of just stopped looking at the price tags. Like, that'll be the talking point for everybody. But I think we're in such a – and there's been people that are doing several articles about this. We are in a good place financially, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird to say based on we're about to have a record-breaking transfer window. Mm-hmm. We're going to break our own record, even though it doesn't break the record if you – take into account inflation. But I don't think that's the biggest thing is how much can Fafana give us and how worrying is that injury, but also has the desire to want to be here. So I think all that plays a role. But anyway, that's just my take. And I'm a, I usually just sit on the couch most days, so I don't really know much. But what do you think? I don't know. I'm torn because I don't like I'm with you. 85 million is just a bit steep. I think for me, like I don't that's it's the Premier League tax. It's is this and that. I mean, it doesn't help that he just signed a freaking new contract last year. So it's not like Lester's in a hurry to sell him, you know, unless, you know, the financial stuff like that's been alluded to is true. And then it's like you said, it's like they're sort of dumb for just not selling him. Like at this point in time, they need the money. So, uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's, that same thing when we went after Stones. They they just jacked that price up mm-hmm. when we tried to buy them. And then, like, the next year, they gave Man City, like, a great price. Yeah, it is. It's just ridiculous, man. I don't know. So, I, I'm torn. I don't know. If, I think I this is one of those purchases where I trust Tuchel to actually develop him because Tuchel is so good with center packs. So, I trust Tuchel to develop him. It. You you hit the nail on the head. Does it make our team better at this point in time? Yes, because that way Reese can fully concentrate on right wing back and doesn't have to drop it at that right center back position like in games like when we play Tottenham and stuff like that. Like he mm-hmm. can just stay out there on the wing. Cause Fafana's a you know, a good jump player that can keep up with, you know, the Suns and the Solid well, the Solid's on the other side, but you know, you get my point. He can you right. know, we got he's fine there. It's not Dave. So right. I think it'll be fine. I think, you know, that he does want to play for the club, which makes me happy. Like you, like you said, that definitely makes me happy. So I don't know. 
Um, and I think the most interesting thing about this is, and it's sort of started to come out now, is that the Bowley starting to restructure our contracts at the club now. And with Fofana, mm-hmm. as you said, he's six, and it's supposedly a six plus one. Well, some people report a six, some people report a six plus one. So there's a little debate there whether. So I mean, he's moving to this long term contract thing. So it that's that interests me, especially with the news of him coming out with Mount and Reese after as soon as the transfer window is over with, he's wanting to extend their contracts, long-term contracts. So what, what's your thoughts on the long-term contracts? This is very this isn't a very American thing that he is doing here, a very especially baseball thing. Baseball players tend to have, you know, 10, 12 year contracts. Hockey players tend to have long contracts. You know, basketball, football players tend to have shorter you know, contracts outside of the quarterbacks, quarterbacks a lot of times in fo- fo- American football have, you know, the the longer contracts. But for the most part, you know, this is a, a very baseball-esque thing. So, like, what's your th- good thing, bad thing, like, pros, cons of it? What's your thoughts on the contract stuff that's going on right now with Bowley? It's a very interesting question. I think that from a financial perspective, it makes a lot of sense. Because when when we see a super high price for Fafana as 85 million pounds, we go, oh my gosh, that's a lot. When that is over the course of a six, seven-year contract, then you're taking that price and you're breaking it up over a series of years. I think it also makes sense from a perspective of how much you actually can invest in a player in in the premier league um or in soccer in general the these players uh most of them will have a 10-year career at least and then you're starting to see more and more players breaking into the 30s and still having very successful careers mm-hmm. so you're looking at you invest in a kid at 18 years old if they're tiago silva they last till they're 38 that's a 20-year <laughs> career which is kind yeah. of wild um, in, in soccer terms. But then, so you look at that and then you look at, okay, you give you give somebody a long contract. You're not having to renegotiate those at the end of every year. Mm-hmm. There's less of that to do. The, those players, I think, become more valuable in a way because we're not, we're not just losing players like we lost Christensen and Rudiger this year um, where we waited till the end of a contract to negotiate it. Um, you have a longer time period to, if they don't work out, then you sell them and we still got money on their contract so we can still demand a price. So I think that from that line of thinking, it makes sense. Like those three things really. Um, Mm -hmm. the other thing is there are still career ending injuries. That's always a thing. You just gave this kid a six year contract. Yep. There's especially somebody factor. Yes. Yeah. Like they suck then, when they get to your club. True. Yeah. The Kepa factor. So mm-hmm. yeah. The, are they going to get injured? Kepa factor. And then um, will they pull a uh, Courtois factor and just snake their way out? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, I think those are the downsides, but I think from a financial perspective, from somebody who does come from baseball, it makes sense that he would want to do this kind of contract. Mm-hmm. Um. And then from the way that our financials work and financial fair play work, I think that they're just taking what we would normally do over the course of years and years and years. And instead of doing that at an upper level, they're just bringing that down to 
well, we can also do that with players in this way by extending their contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the that's the big debate right now is like it's, it's going to be interesting to see because I'm for a longer contract because you can spread whatever you're paying that player out over that many more years. You can front load the yeah. contract. You can back load the contract. You can do it however you want it. And from what I've heard, like with the Reese and Mount one from, you know, the the speculation around it is that it's going to be very incentive laden, like goals, games, trophies, one, which I, I like. I think those are good contracts to give out. Um, I mean, there will be guaranteed money in there, no doubt, but it's very incentive laden. So if you can bring in, like if he's saying that, you know, Mountain Reese are both going to be at the top of our pay, you know, pay scale. I mean, you look at players that are close to them, like a Foden's making like 200K a week right now. Mm-hmm. Somebody like that is really comparable to them. But if you're saying you're going to put them at the top of our payroll, then you're looking at more toward the, I would say the 280-300 range. I'm like, right. we're facing to pay two players this. That might not be the smartest thing in the world to do. But if you can somehow figure out a way to give them, you know, that 210, 220 a week range and then mm-hmm. very incentive laden, very favorable incentives to the players, that would, you know, I think help with the, which of course I don't know how that goes into the financial fair play. Cause I know wages play into it, but I don't know if like bonuses and stuff like that goes mm-hmm. into financial fair play, yeah, which I'm assuming either. it probably does it's got a factor in there somehow but anyway i don't know i think it's i I like it i like long contracts because it's like you said that it makes that player hold their value for longer because as long as nothing happens so instead of us having to go back to mountain three years and renegotiate or reese in four years and renegotiate now we still got them for another couple years and if they're demanding out oh well you still got four years on a contract you're not going cheap essentially what lester's doing to us with fafana like right he just signed a new contract. He's not going cheap. So, you know, and, and then also you, oh, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say you, you brought up a good point too. Whereas, um, just, uh, just about the length of time, does that also add to the idea of security for a player coming to your club? Uh, like you can go to this club for a three-year contract or you go to this club for a six-year contract you're guaranteed money for six years because they're, they're either going to buy you out or they're going to sell you to another club and you're going to get money either way. Mm -hmm. So I think that seems like an incentive in of itself for a longer year contract. Yep. For sure. For sure. So I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing. I'm, I'm the, the boldly, people definitely have me definitely my interest peaked in the way that they're running this club. I think they're heading in the right direction. I think, you know, I'm liking the fact that they're spending, but I'm also a realist in the sense that I don't think this is going to happen every summer. Like, I think once we get a director of football in here, we get our financial sort of straight and we figure out where we're exactly going with this club. Things are going to be like, all right, we're going to make a lot more logical and sound purchases like Liverpool, you know, does now. At least that's my hope. And that's what I think they want to, you know, go with. Like, so I think that once everything sort of starts developing, I think they've got a good idea of where they want to take the club. And I'm excited to see where it goes. So, you know, 
whatever. Same. And we've already invested in uh, a couple of really young players. Yeah. That it looks like we're going to kind of build up through yep. our new, system. Yeah. So new signing this week. Pronounce his name, Jason, because I'm terrible with names. I am not good at this one. Uh, I'm just going to say Cesare Cassidy or Cesare we'll Cassidy. We'll call him CC. All right. He's CC. CC. So we've signed Chuck and CC this uh, to <laughs> some youngsters this uh, off season. So yeah, old CC um, signed him uh, fifteen million plus five million in add-ons. Um, kids, uh, great. Uh, I I don't really know who he is to be honest with you, but I do know that uh, Demarzio tweeted this out, and it is probably this kid is now my favorite Chelsea player. This is what he tweeted out. Um, I'm paraphrasing. This is not a quote. Just want to give him credit, though. Um, <laughs> the kid has been called a savage. He trained in negative five degree weather with no shirt. He once walked 22 kilometers to training camp when his mom told him he couldn't go because he had to go to school. Brilliant. You're training in negative five degree weather with no shirt on, and you're walking 22 kilometers to train. You love football, and yeah, you're you're great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. He's he's very highly rated from everything that you know. There's a lot of podcasts that dropped yesterday, and you know, tweets and everything when it's official that we signed him and everything. That you know, he's very very young, a lot of potential. So, you know, I, they're really trying to build up the youth, which I appreciate. It's not we haven't just bought senior players this year. We've bought youth players as well, which I really appreciate that Bowley and them are doing because I think that's. You know, you've got to build your academy up too. You've got to get these younger guys in there, and you've got to get them to develop. And so they're they're not just showing that they're trying to win now. They're also showing that hey, we want to win in the future as well. Which that to me is like club sustainability. That's what we're doing. We're building up. I don't know where they're scouting these players from because our scouting department's trash. You know, under <laughs> uh, the previous administration and. So I don't know where they're getting these kids from and how they're, you know, but whatever. I'm just going to trust the process and all this. So we also uh, signed that very young goalkeeper from Chicago Fire oh, as well. Yeah, the, was he Polish? I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, he's supposed, but it, Solani he's supposed to or something like that. Yeah, he's supposed to. Be yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's supposed to be good. Um, apparently, we're not done signing these young kids this transfer window either. There's a apparently we're still after a couple more. So that was. Wow also dropped today because we we're linked to the uh the new brazilian neymar i can't whatever that kid's name is i figured it out last time on the pod. i don't remember that guy we're linked to him still so that's who everybody's with an e it, yeah that guy yeah i can't think I of can't, it i can't think of his name i'm terrible look guys don't judge us by this segment we don't we don't we're not we're americans that's our excuse we're americans yeah yeah and i'm ready for the transfer window to be over right now so yeah <laughs> i'm like only in this so much right now yeah, we both have jobs. I have kids. He has a sick wife. Like we have other responsibilities. <laughs> we didn't have time to research all this stuff. I apologize. <laughs> you're you're really apologizing for me. Uh, I'm gonna be just wait till we get to the tactical part. Then then you'll see really my value here. Anyway, so I'm I'm done talking about transfers. I mean, we could talk going about Gordon. I don't think there's really anything to say about him other than. Apparently Tuchel rates them. I don't. Apparently Everton wants fifty million, and we haven't decided if we're going to push fifty million. Goodness Who knows? Gracious. Who cares? He's a prick. But he'd be our prick <laughs> if he came and played for Chelsea, and I'd love every minute of it. But you know, yeah, whatever. 
we we adopt the pricks here at Chelsea, and we love. That's right. Them. We do. We love As our they pricks were our here own at Chelsea. all the time. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, other big one was Pulisic possibly going to United. That got nixed. Um, we simply just came out and said, nope, we're not strengthening a rival, so we're not going to sell you Pulisic. Um, love it. I understand. He's an interesting case to me because I understand his point. Like Tuchel rates him. I think he likes being at Chelsea and likes playing under Tuchel. He just wants to start, and it is a World Cup year. What little odds the America has to win the World Cup, which is little to none, it all rests on Christian Pulisic's shoulders. So, <laughs> right, right. We need him in good form for the World Cup, but at the same time, so I understand why he wants to leave. He wants more consistent playing time. I don't. So at this point in time, like, if we can make some money off him, just sell him, let him go, get his wages off the book, understand why he wants to go. No hate, no, you know, not going to hear me say anything bad about him. So whatever. Hey, I just have one question for him. I mean, he's in a car commercial as a Chelsea player. Like, it's very awkward. But what more do you want, man? We got you a car commercial with Roy Kent. Of all people, Roy Kent. I'm so tired of that commercial. So Roy tired Kent, of it. former Chelsea legend. Yeah, that, according to that, the lore of the show, that commercial is going to be the only commercial that we see every time we watch the Chelsea match on Peacock. It is the same. I mean, every time there's a commercial break, it's that stupid commercial with Pulisic. I'm so tired of it already. And we still have the World Cup to go this year. It's going to be nonstop yeah. during the World Cup. I'm hoping oh. they did like four or five different ones. They can all have the same theme about pressure makes diamonds or whatever. But I'm hoping they did several in that Roy Kent's in all of them. That's why I watch. But it, Christian Pulisic is going to be a, a worldwide name after this. I mean, he's already yeah. pretty popular. Like mm -hmm. the, the dude's in a car commercial. Come on, man. Yeah. What more do you want from us, Pulisic? <laughs> like we're giving you everything here. Oh man. Um, yeah. So also one last note of transfer, not transfer related, but, uh, Bowley is also looking to extend to extend Tuchel's contract into 2026. Love it. Do it. Yeah. Especially after the Tottenham performance. Love it. Sign them. Good. Go. There's not much else to say there. Yeah. Approved. <laughs> Yep. All right. 30 minutes in uh, after transfer stuff, uh, we're going <laughs> to talk about the Leeds match that's coming up on Sunday. So, yay. Here we go into Leeds. Let's do this. Um, so, uh, Leeds is uh, actually uh, right now technically, they're on four points, but they're technically ahead of us Wow! in the table. So, we're behind Leeds in the table right now. So, let that sink in for a minute. I... It has sunk. <laughs> yep. Um, of course, Leeds uh, won their first game 2-1 against Wolves. They drew last weekend 2-2 versus Southampton after being up 2-0 versus Southampton. Um, so, yeah. Good signs. Good signs. But, I mean, I did pick Southampton to get relegated, so I was sort of hoping they would lose. <laughs> so... But, I and, love, but Why have we never done predictions at the beginning of the season before this? This is outrageous. It has yep. made every game that much more fun, mm -hmm. and it's made the season have so many more stakes. We we need whoever loses the prediction game. I don't know how we decide this at the end. I guess if we got more right, whatever. But whoever loses should like 
I don't want to do like a prank or anything like the league or whatever. I'm not, I'm not willing to name my firstborn son Chalupa Batman or whatever, <laughs> but I would be willing to like, I don't know. I have to give you some sort of Chelsea gift. Like what uh, the most ludicrous Chelsea gift I could find. If you won the uh, premier league uh, predictions that we did at the beginning of the season. Just go to the Chelsea Mega Store. It'll take them three weeks to ship it to you. You know, most yeah, yeah. Gift ever. It'll be three weeks to get your Chelsea Rubber Duck. <laughs> hey, I would love a Chelsea Rubber Duck. That's that's epic. Okay, if you win the predictions, I buy you a Chelsea Rubber Duck. Okay, and if you win the predictions, I'll buy you a Chelsea Rubber Duck. So a Chelsea Rubber yeah. Duck is on the line. <laughs> I okay. This is huge. Now <laughs> this is a big deal. Now the question is: Are we going to count? Our original picks, or are we going to be allowed to revise in the revision episode? I, I think I think it'll be. I, I think it's going to come down to the revision episode. So I don't think I'm going to change anything. I'm just going gut straight original Whoa. picks. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to change anything. I'm just oh, dang it. straight original picks. See, now I'm going to look know. like a chump if I do change that. Let's talk about this on the revisionist episode. We will. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll okay. flesh that out. We'll flesh the bet out. But anyway, back to the Leeds match. Um. Uh, big. I think the biggest thing coming up. Uh, I mean Jesse Marsh really going into his first 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 year as Leeds coach. Um, uh, came in I think in February of last year, end of February uh, last year as Leeds coach. So this is his first year to sort of put his squad together. Um, big injury news coming out of this match. Of course for us is Conte is hurt, but for them Patrick Bamford is hurt. So there will be without their you know first team striker who he was hurt most of the year last year on and off. Yeah. So they were he didn't really play a lot last year to begin with. So I don't know. Yeah. Um they've both games they played a four two three one. So that's been their go to formation. It'll be interesting to see last year when we did play them in May when they had Marsh as the coach, they lined up uh, with a 5 4 1. So it'll be interesting to see if they do sit back and they do, you know, just invite the pressure. Because when you watch them versus Southampton, I didn't watch the Wolves match, watch the Southampton match. But when you watch the Southampton match, I mean, they pressed. I mean, they're fast. They didn't, their pressing wasn't like, I wouldn't say it's elite and it's not as consistent as some of like our pressing or city or Liverpool's pressing, but they do press, you know, so they want to get out and do that, but it'll be interesting to see what sort of the way they approach the match. I don't think they'll do that. That's just my opinion. I don't, I don't know. They might surprise me. You know, they might come out and go for it. I mean, more power to them. If they do that, I have a lot more confidence if they come out and actually go for the win and then they just sit back. Same. Same. If if a team we have had historically had trouble breaking down teams, if if they come out and they're they're going for it, then I I would I would prefer a more wide open game than mm-hmm. than having to break down. Yeah, when their match Southampton the first match the first half was very boring. The second half it got a lot more like open, and it was there was no real. It was just sort of chaos. Um, to be honest, and there was no, it was, it was crazy, but Southampton really thrived more in that. And they thrived when they, cause Southampton came down playing three at the back as well. That's where, what they play now. And they switched to a four, four, two, um, and instantly scored two goals. Wow. So it'll be interesting to see 
what Tuchel comes out with. I'm, I'm assuming we're probably going to do something similar to what we did last match where we play that hybrid formation that we've been playing where we, we mm-hmm. three at the back, but it goes to more of a four, two, 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 or, a, you know, something along those lines when we're, when we're attacking or, you know, we'll attack with three at the back. It always got a weird hybrid formation. I feel like right. that's sort of where our team is going right now, um, which I'm fine with, you know, Tuchel's master tactician. So, um, you know, I don't know. Leeds, their passing sucks. So I'll go ahead and say that. Um, seventy five percent on the year. Um, we're at eighty six. Is that a technical term? Sucking. Yeah. Yes. Technical. Yes. That's it, was good. A, <laughs> it was a bad joke. Um, no, I interrupted you for nothing. No, it's fine. No, I'll cut this out. Don't worry. No. Technically, Leeds sucks. It has <laughs> technical term sucking. So they're not the greatest passing team in the world. I mean, they're not. They're, they make bad pass. I thought Chelsea made bad passes. They made bad, really bad passes. Really poor decision making. And hopefully we can punish them for that. So, Yeah, you have a nice little stat here. Uh, I guess this is... Um, this is current year. This current year. Mm-hmm. So they had a passing accuracy of 75%. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's not good. Yeah. It it was one of the sort of the keys that I picked up on is like in which we don't we're not great at countering. Like that's not one of our strengths. Right. Like we we have games where we're better at it than other than but if we can force those turnovers off the you know off the press and we can break quick, I think we'll easily score some goals in this match it's just you know it's like we say though what are they going to come out it all depends on how Leeds comes out and plays if they sit back if they come out and actually play their four two three one how they're doing um they're very good off of set pieces i will say that um one of their goals came off a corner um very very good at set their set piece designs are very well designed um, um that's probably what worries me most about this game is that because we did not our set pieces last weekend weren't that great. You know, we mm. we struggle sometimes. To, we're, sometimes we're really good at defending set pieces, and like last weekend against Tottenham, it just like left Kane on. Un- you can't leave Harry Kane unmarked on on a corner kick, right? It just doesn't work. <clears throat> so that's probably my biggest point of nervousness about this game is if they do get some corners that they could possibly get one in on us off a set piece. We're also a little bit shorter this year, I feel like. Just by a couple inches or so. So that's... Yeah. Uh, I guess it depends. I don't know the, how the height of their team as well. They're not that tall without Bamford. They're not They're they're not that Great. big. So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, we're not as short as United. That's a, that's a point to prove. True. So, <laughs> so but... um. I will say this, they're they're very undisciplined defensively. Like they foul a ton. Like they there's gonna be several yellow cards in this game. I mean, from leads I'm predicting. Like it's just they're not very disciplined when it comes to tackling. Like our our players are going to get roughed up this game. And I don't I don't think it's gonna be intentional as much as this is a heated rivalry. Like just watching Leeds play, they just can't tackle. (laughs) <laughs> they just they, they suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me nervous for injuries. 
for sure. Because um, we already, yeah, I mean, we're losing a pivotal midfielder already, which is something we expected. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, that makes me a little nervous. For sure. For sure. I think the biggest thing that, you know, I noticed when Southampton switched to their, you know, four four two and really started, you know, starting a little more dominance in the game, their goals leads going back to their defense not being disciplined, they have a tendency to get shifted too far to one side of the pitch, like we did with Tottenham on our second goal on Sunday where all the Tottenham players were on one side of the pitch and we just simply mm-hmm. reversed the ball to the other side of the pitch and got a goal. That's how Southampton scored. Like it was just, you know, quick reverses. Like that's where that's where Leeds is open is on the backside. So we've just got to be able to, you know, get those crosses in. Feel like, you know, switch that ball around quick. And if we can get it back to the other side, make the pass, make the extra pass to the open man because he'll be there on the backside. So backside crosses. Um their second goal, I think, came with Walker's Peter, just made a just straight up just ran right by um the Leeds defender and they just slotted it through to him. So that gives me hope that Walker's Peter scored, you know, and that um or did he score? Yeah, no. Yeah, he scored. Walker's Peter scored. Okay. I just read my note. Yeah. Walker's Peter scored for them. It just gives me hope that Reese will score in this match. So, yeah. Again, because that's what Reese does best. That's what so. our defenders do best. That's right. Our defenders are our leading scorers on our team. That's right. <laughs> per usual. Per usual for Chelsea. So, um, yeah. So, I think, you know, there's not really – I think it's going to be a good match. You know, I think it'll be, you know, whatever. Um, Let's – Yeah, let's go with uh, let's go with our starting lineup. Well, let's discuss. Yeah, let's go defense because we okay. Mindy's in goal. Granted, yeah. Okay, let's just say we're playing our our traditional formation. So we're going three at the back. Who are, who are you starting in the back, Jason? Back three. Um. Okay this this depends on the rotation now that Conte's out of the midfield. But I think Aspie comes back in. And I think I think Silva and Koulibaly are undroppable. But yes. I could see... I don't know. This early in the season, he's probably not switching it up starting-wise yet. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that I don't think that would be the position that Tuchel switches in favor of somebody else yet. So I would say... I'm going to say Aspie, Silva, and Koulibaly... Yet again, I'm going Everton back three. Yeah, but I still think I think all this is going to be up in the air, considering Conte and considering some other things that we'll talk about when we go yeah. further up the pitch. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I have I have the Conte note in in my in here, so I'm ready for that yeah. one. So yeah, um, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't. I mean, it's either Dave or Chalaba. Like it's yeah, it's yeah. one of those two, and I'm I'm with you. I think he goes Dave in the with in the back three. I don't see – I don't know for what reason. He, he seemed really high on Chalaba last year. I don't know if it's just because he had to play him because of injuries. Mm-hmm. And then Chalaba, granted, did not have the greatest of preseasons. I will admit that. I, 
I'm high on Chalaba. I like Chalaba. I think he's a good guy. Same. Um, he plays hard. He loves Chelsea. Like, I, I like Chalaba. I would like to see Chalaba get a start in this game. I with you though, I don't think he will. I think it'll be mm-hmm. Dave back there on that right side. Um, because I don't think he's going to drop Reese in there because of the way, the way that Southampton's, um right and left backs and their wing backs got up the pitch really gave Leeds problems. So I think, yeah. you know, Reese, this is a game meant for Reese to put in some of his patent crosses, possibly get another goal. Yeah. And I mean, it all comes down to, will our attackers finish the crosses? Um, and the only one I have hope that it can actually finish it is probably Sterling, but the ball never reaches him. So I don't really know. <laughs> oh, if only they would just finish crosses. Yeah, only we would be uh we'd be sitting on uh, six points right now, tied for the lead if you know our strikers could just finish crosses. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Enough about the Tottenham match. Um. <laughs> so I mean, okay, right wing back Reese. No Reese. need to discuss that. All right. So now the interesting question comes to this. This is, I think, a point that you know we sort of have to. We're gonna have to have this discussion sooner or later. So might as well go and rip the bandaid off now. Cucurella or Chili? Cucurella or Chili? I think Cucurella gets the start. I agree. I think he... But here's the question. Like, if if Chili was completely match fit, which we know he's not at this point in time, clearly. He played... He did play in the... um, One of our development squad games. He played in it Mm -hmm. this week, um, which they got, like, thumped, like, 3-0. So, clearly, he didn't help. so. So, if they're both... Fully fit, barring Chile's injury right now. Who would you pick to start? Though would you start him or would you would you start Kukurea or Would you start Chile? It's so it's so hard right now because I think there is a bit of recency bias in mm-hmm. terms of we've watched Kukurea come in. We watched him come in for Chile in the Everton match. We we watched him absolutely dominate in the Leeds match. He he also seems undroppable based on a match and a half which seems incredible based on how hyped we were to have Chilwell back. Mm-hmm. I I think that is, that's probably the hardest question. If like Tuchel, Tuchel might have it easy now, if he can watch that development squad game that Chilwell was in and go, ah, I yeah. still need some more work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ch- if Chile is match fit, it's, it's hard. That, that is one of the hardest positions on the team. I think, um, because we have two absolute world-class players at the same mm-hmm. position. I, I don't know if that means you start making room for one of them in the very back, but then that's weird too because Koulibaly's back there, and you he's undroppable. The The dude mm-hmm. needs to yeah, play can, every game yeah. he can. 100%. Unless we are – I mean, I, I imagine when we get to cup games, and I imagine when we get into some of the early stages of the Champions League game, these – Lineup predictions are going to go all over the place, but but for now, third game of the Premier League season—that's the only game on the horizon at the moment. I, yeah, I think it has to be Kukurea. I think Chile just went down to where he's earning the spot, and Kukurea literally earned the spot in half a game. Mm-hmm. That is half a game. His like first full day at the club, technically, <laughs> like that is mind blowing to me. But yeah. he is until he messes up. I think he's got it. So yeah, I, I you I can't argue any of those points. I mean, they're all 
factually and logically correct. So it's one of those things. It's like we're it's it's a good this is like one of those good debates to actually like nice, good debate to have <laughs> because we have two great left backs, left wing backs. And OK, who do we get to play? Well, we can play this one or we can play this one. They're both good. They'll both do their jobs really well. So I think that right now it's got to be Kukurea. He's got to start like he is. He's looked better. And I know Chili's coming off an injury and that's understandable. I get it. So I think you have to hand him the starting position. I can't really say anything else that, you know, you've said differently at this point yeah. in time, he'll start. It'll be interesting to see when we get into these cup games, like Chili getting his legs back. If he has one of those patented Chili games where he puts in those crosses, which is one thing that I've seen. Like, I feel like they both offer different things. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Kukurea is just a lot more consistent and a better passer. Right. Probably a little quicker than Chili, but Chili puts in some of the most beautiful crosses. You know, it's all you know next to Reese on the team. You know, great right. crossing. So it's like they each bring different things. So it's it's hard yeah. to say, but Kukure, I think for now. All right, so let's move to the other point of contention, or not contention, but discussion. Um, so we got. I'm assuming that because of nothing else happening in this club, and we haven't bought anybody else, that Jorginho will still be starting right. in the pivot. Yay. Woohoo. <laughs> Whose fault is it that we lost to Tottenham? Jorginho. Oh, man. Dude had a banger of a first half, though. If he can replicate that. Yeah. But if he's pressured in any way, he won't. Yeah. Or if the team's sitting back, he has no skill to pass the ball through True. them or dribble through them. So it's just what it is, what it is. He, All right. So he has taken a couple of risks, though. Risky. Like he, he he's passed forward a little bit more this season than I mm-hmm. remember him doing, at least at the end of last. So that yeah. is an encouraging sign. I cannot believe I'm defending Jorginho here. <laughs> I think I'm just trying to be positive. Yeah, positive vibes, man. Positive yeah, vibes. Yeah, like like you like you wanted at the top. I'm just I'm That's bringing right. it here an hour in. Here we go. <laughs> I offer them. Yeah. Up. So, um, I don't know. Like, who are we start next to Jorginho in the pivot? Because Conte's out hurt. Kova's out hurt. Yep. I we CC's brand new to the club and too young. Apparently, right. Chuck hasn't even made the bench yet. Um. So that leaves you. It, I think it leaves you two choices. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go based off of what's been set up in the past is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who's played in the pivot before, albeit not very good in the pivot, right. you know, and then uh, it also gives you Gallagher to play in that pivot. Yeah. And I, technically, technically, uh, technically, just because, you know, this is the Ampadu Hype Train podcast, <laughs> he is still with us right now. Right. So I'm just saying... Tuchel, if you want to throw your boy a bone here, start Ampadu. Just saying. All right. Anyway, hey, it I would doubt. be nice to see Ampadu on the bench. It would be. That's I would love to see him there. But nice. yeah, I think we're. it's really down between Ruben Leipzig and Gallagher. So what's yeah. your opinion? Who should start? Who do you want to start? Is it the same? It's not the same. I would love to see Gallagher start. Like, would absolutely love to see him um, just be there from the beginning. Because we've only seen him come in at the very end of matches here. And he's all, he's always up for it, though. That's what's so fun to watch about him. And he makes an instant impact when he comes on. That being said, I think RLC gets the start. And I think in some ways he's earned it. But 
Fair. It's like you said, he's also not very good in the pivot. Mm-hmm. Or he he's he's third, he's fourth for a reason there. Mm-hmm. So I I was super encouraged by him at right wing back last game. Um I think he he we've always thought he could be a capable midfielder. Uh, but you know, maybe it's passed a little bit. But I do think that in a way he's earned the start, which w- or at least I think that that's how they're going to see it. So I think that that's why he starts. But I would love to see Gallagher in there. As much as I love RLC, I would love to see Gallagher. Yeah, I would. I think I'd rather Gallagher start the game because he does provide more intensity. I think he'll he'll give Leeds more problems than Ruben Loftus-Cheek will. Because Ruben Loftus-Cheek is one of those players, like, I like the guy. And I thought he played a hell of a game at right wing back this past week. Mm-hmm. Besides a couple of times he got into the box and, when all right, I don't know what he does and when he gets in the box outside of the final third, Ruben's cheeks was great, but I think I would like to see Gallagher get the start and just show what he can do for the whole game. Like you were saying, we see him come in in the game. He makes an instant impact because he is a freaking energizer bunny out there and just is all over the place, like going insane. Um, so I feel like I want to see that for 90 minutes. I want to see what he can offer. Um, Mm -hmm. It, they both have the same problem when you look at it though, is that they both tend to wander too far up the pitch and leaves Jorginho stranded. And that's the one thing you can't do is leave Jorginho stranded because his defense is, we can't even clear a ball off the box. Like Jorginho's defense is not good. So, you know, I don't, it's a, it's a conundrum. I would like to see Connor get the start. Uh, same. And I I think one of the things that we might both be thinking here is that we're not going to have to play that much defense, which is going to be exactly why Jorginho does start this game. Um, because, one, I mean, he's not going to be dropped uh, even after a mistake like that. But I just think that – plus, with Conte and Kova being hurt – that just really put like I would, I would love to see an RLC Gallagher pivot just for fun, just for I kicks think, and giggles. Yeah, but I think part of it is is uh, yeah, <laughs> I I would giggle the whole time, but I think part of the reason is they just I, RLC really likes to drive the ball forward. Um, Jorginho does not like to get the ball forward as much. And Gallagher is just a force to be reckoned with on that field. He just brings mm-hmm. an energy about him and also likes to get forward. Mm-hmm. So you can't – it's like you said, you can't have both of them. But then they're going to leave Jorginho stranded. Mm-hmm. So, which if you did have both of them, then I would expect a formation change in some way because you would need uh, somebody to be a defensive midfielder because they're both not. Mm-hmm. So I think – and that and that's the, that's the problem is that yeah. Jorginho is going to have to pick up the slack of those two straining forward we just need them not to give the ball away in the midfield and i think that Mm -hmm. that's where we run the risk of this looking like more like an everton game Mm -hmm. and less like even though it is a rivalry game and we can expect a lot like leads just they just are leads they're gonna sit back right there or potentially they'll sit back if they try to Mm -hmm. get forward then we, we can have a different story i expect them to sit back for most of the game i expect us to have most of the possession in the game oh yeah for um, sure but, but yeah, I, I, I am nervous about this uh, mm-hmm. position more than anything coming into this game. So 
I'm kind of rambling at the moment, but no, I think you bring up a good point. I think, I mean, if you look in Leeds plays a four, two, three, one, that's two holding midfielders, you know, right in there. Plus they're going to have freaking Aronson running around like a freaking crackhead out there. That guy is, <laughs> even though he's American and dude's bananas out there on the field. Yeah, um, but, uh, so, I mean, they're going to have that midfield is going to be crowded. And that was the one thing that, you know, I think away from the Southampton matches, like when Southampton started going and attacking wide is when they started giving Leeds problems. That's where Leeds struggles. So I feel like that's how Tuchel is going to set us up, you know, some kind of wider attack. Because last week we actually saw, you know, a lot more through the middle play, right. which we don't see a lot from Chelsea because we rely so much on our wingbacks. But Mount dropped so far back you know, to get the ball a lot because there was so much space there that Tottenham was just giving up. Right. So I feel like if, if Loftus Cheek and them start turning the ball over or whoever, if it's him or if it's Gallagher or Jorginho and they start giving the ball away in that pivot, it, that's going to cause us some problems. Like you said, it's going to turn into more of an Everton game than it is a Tottenham game or a game where it looks like we could suffer a goal, you know? Right. So I don't know. Um, so yeah, pivot pivots gonna be interesting. I think that's the thing everybody's looking at. I think everybody's sort of come to the conclusion Chile's not match fit yet, so it's gonna be Kukurea on that side. Mm-hmm. So who's gonna start in the pivot next to Jorginho is gonna be you know the discussion going into that match that day. So yeah, I don't. I think both of them they both had their flaws, so it's gonna leave Jorginho on an island, and that scares me to death. I I hope one of them have a breakout game though. That would mm-hmm. be the hope. Like and this this would be. It does seem. Um, like it could be a good game to do that mm-hmm. because they they are whoever's in there, Connor or RLC. I like does Jorginho last the whole game again? You know, and if he doesn't, then that gets interesting too. And it's like you said, it's pretty it's pretty heavy in that midfield. Um, can they both bring a different aspect of their game that they need to bring mm-hmm. to show that they can be um good in the pivot? Uh, yeah. so yeah, I don't, I don't know it. I, yeah, it's, it's the scariest, like most unpredictable position at the moment, I think, but, or at least in terms of how it will play out in the game, maybe, but, uh, it does, I don't know. It excites me. You, you talking about the <laughs> midfield and us playing it wide. And I was like, Oh yeah. And just see them like working the ball through there. Like mm-hmm. that excite. I'm, I'm getting kind of pumped for this game. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, I, if you're, you're gonna ask me. I'd rather Connor in the game, for sure. Go if 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 you're if Connor or, or Ruben left is chic. They both like to like you said. Like Ruben left chic really likes to carry the ball forward. Connor likes to get forward and make the little runs. Like I would rather Connor in there because I have more faith that he's actually going to score. And I feel yeah. like his motor is better. So when he does get out of position, he can get back into position quicker than Ruben Loftus-Cheek can. Because, I mean, I'm acknowledging 100% right now that both of them will be out of position, If no matter which right. one of them starts. Right, right. They will be out of position at some point in this game on Saturday, and it will probably cause us a heart attack. And I feel like Connor has a better recovery rate than, you know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek does. Yeah. So I'd rather that's – and I think he – neither one of them – well, Connor, I don't know. What did he have? Like two or three goals last year for Crystal Palace? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Something like that. Yeah. And Ro- 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 cheek doesn't really score for us. So, I mean, you're not really getting goals out of the position. Right. So, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. So. Same. 
Um, I'm excited. All right. So uh, up top, are are we changing? Or so I'm so I think we can both agree. Sterling's not getting benched. He's on the yeah. left. Mount's not getting benched. He's on the right. So right. that brings you to the middle. You only got two options. You've got Havertz or you've got Brogia. Right. I, could you, okay, scenario. Uh-oh. Could you see Havertz getting dropped and somebody like Pulisic coming in and Sterling playing up top? I don't know. I mean, like, I know. I don't. For some reason, I feel like Pulisic could be up for this game. And I don't know why. It's just like this like gut feeling that I have. I Too predict cool. right now he scores in this game, either starting or off the bench. It's happening. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Bold prediction. Bold Pressure prediction, makes sorry. diamonds, man. That's right. <laughs> Go buy your car. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so... When Tuchel first got here, there was a lot of... Rumors and stuff surrounding Pulisic about whether he would play that mm-hmm. false nine under Tuchel, and there's a lot of stuff coming out of there. The interviews with Pulisic saying that that's where Tuchel was playing him, like in practice and stuff like that. It never really came to mm-hmm. fruition. It ended up being Kai, you know, playing that false nine position, which I think everybody can now agree is not Kai's best position. Right. Yeah, not what he wants to do. Not where his skill set is best suited. Um. So anyway. I I don't know. I don't. I honestly, in my honest opinion on this, I want him to give Brogia a shot. I want him to run Would him out that. there. I want him to give him a shot this match. Just do I think he's going to start? No. I I give your your starting lineup more of a shot than my starting lineup with uh, Pulisic starting. You know, whether they put him at the false nine or Sterling at the false nine, whichever, right. probably inter- more interchangeable than anything. So, and it depends on like, you know, the fluidity of our formation of whenever we do go into attacking, we go to more like two strikers, you know, however we Tuchel decides to do that this match. But regardless, I would really like to see him get Brocia out there and give him a shot at getting on the end of some of Reese. I mean, this is my opinion about it. It can't get any worse. It, it can't True. be worse. True. Like, there's no way we can digress any further at the striker position. So why not just stick Brogia out there and give him a shot at it? He could save you 30 million pounds. <laughs> right. Right. He could go- yeah, yeah. That would be amazing, actually. Like, if he... Like, and I know that we said at the top of this um, uh, segment about third game of the season, maybe maybe this isn't the time to change it up. Uh, we have to in the midfield. Maybe... It, I don't know. Do you change too much? I don't know. It's kind of exciting to think about Broja being up there, though. Mm-hmm. It, I would love to see some of these young guys getting their start. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of just coming in at, like, the f- five to ten minutes to go. Yeah. When um, the game already seems to be out of rhythm. So, yeah, I, I would love, like, in the back, yeah, maybe we, we're not messing that up. In the midfield, we have to, even though, like, we probably just need the points at the moment. At the front, I'd love to see him just a whole new game plan. That would be amazing to see Brojo up there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, outside, I mean, honestly, if we're being honest and looking at it, outside of Sterling, 
none of the front three have done anything. Or well, right. two other like Havertz hasn't done anything. Mount really hasn't done a lot this year. Right. Um, he's been and Mount and Havertz. To be fair, had a good game last game. Yes, they um, did. It's besides it's Havertz the, missing the goal. Right. Yeah, and that that's the thing. It's yeah. like they're both very smart off the ball and on the ball, mm-hmm. but cannot put it in the net for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, and that's the most frustrating thing about them is like you watch them and you're like, that is a good player. Yeah, but they they do not do what we need them to do in the final third, and right. that's that's where like we're talking about switching it up because that mm-hmm. would be what a confidence boost to the younger players for that. Mm-hmm. What a game to come out and make your mark on. Um, what a what a, what also a game to mess up in <laughs> because if we. <laughs> It, it's it's all about risk, baby. But it's like, take if the that, risk. Yeah, yeah. I I want them to take the risk, though. Like, I would rather, like, the midfield is where we need to keep the ball, especially this game. Um, I'd but I'd rather see them try that pass forward and us have to to play good defensively than to not than to lateral pass it or pass it back constantly. Especially mm-hmm. when we're trying to break down a team. I mean, we're gonna have to find some new creative ideas out there that um, allow us to unlock a team. I'm hoping Sterling can kind of do some of that because mm-hmm. of the way that he the way that he runs and the way he commands play. Um, so we just haven't had we haven't had a playmaker like Hazard level in a long time. And I'm not saying Sterling is, but I'm since just saying, Hazard left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's exactly it. Like like I n- nobody hardly anybody on on earth can do what Hazard did yeah I, I guess i'll say did but but like we need that and i feel like sterling does bring some of that mm-hmm, i feel sure. like hopefully he can help up the game of kai and mount a little bit or unlock something like take them to another level just by being out there and providing a different outlet but it would be nice like i'm i'm enjoying dreaming with you here i would love to see broja up top i'd love to see sterling mount broja like that's what I would love to see. I could totally see Havertz getting dropped. He he is the most droppable player on the field at the moment. Hmm, that's a, that's an interesting thought. I was I was thinking about that when you caused me to ponder. Hmm. Hmm. It's a bold. A it's thought. a bold statement. It's just it's a, a guy statement. sitting on a couch watching the game, talking on a podcast. Yeah, I mean, and there's, yeah, because I mean, I, you could make an argument for Jorginho being one for sure. Too. Everybody is up his butt though. Yeah. Um, but Havertz, I would agree, is like, and that's why I think you just, like, you've got it. Now, outside of Havertz's missed goal last game, he did have a good game. Like, Havertz is a very good at pressing, he's going to do that. And that's why I don't understand all these people are like, go get Ronaldo, go get Ronaldo. No. Do you, oh, God, you realize please. Ronaldo doesn't press right, and that's all we do is press. Like that goes counterintuitive to Tuchel's entire philosophy. It's it, it doesn't make. Any Let sense. alone he's going to change the entire dynamic of that team, right? And and the locker room, he will change everything. Yeah, and I'm yeah. a Ronaldo stan. I love the guy. I think yeah. he's better than Messi. Come at me. I don't care. I love Ronaldo. <laughs> I don't want him on my team though, as I realize he doesn't fit our team. There's, you mm-hmm. can be a fan of somebody and respect their game and know that they're good, 
but know that they also don't fit your team. And there's right. a lot more negatives than outweigh the positives. And and that that's like the question, is he the best player in the world? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Is he the best player for Chelsea? Those are different questions. Correct. Is he the best Correct. player in the world? Is he the best Chelsea player? Those mm-hmm. are way different questions. Yes. And But anyway, back to Havertz. Yeah, I mean, he is definitely, out of the front three, he's easily the most droppable. Um, probably, he definitely pushes most droppable on the team, for sure. I would agree with that. Um, and I would just like, I mean, like, I just don't understand. It, there's no way we can get worse. I'm not saying Brozier would have finished that cross from Reese. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. But Havertz didn't, so let's give Brozier a shot at it. Or yeah. let's give Sterling a shot or Pulisic. Like, give somebody else a run on the team. And I feel like you mentioned it a second ago. You wanted to see some of these guys come on, you know, besides the last five minutes. They can't come. You can't come on in five minutes and make an impact in the game. Like, you need, you right. need a good, in my opinion, you need a good 15 to 20 minutes to really get into the game, get into it. And what was it? Was it Lampard or I can't remember if it was Lampard or sorry. They always had that thing. It was like 80th minute. We're going to make a sub. And I'm just like, every game we'd be sitting there texting. When are we going to sub? When are we going to sub? Oh, yeah. yeah. 80th minute. 80th minute. And the subs can't come on and make an impact. First sub. It, like in yeah. the game is when they're coming yeah. on in the 80th minute. God. Right. And so you can't. Those subs can have no impact on the game because there's 10 minutes left in the match plus a couple minutes of stoppage time. You can't, you're just getting into the flow of the game and they're blowing the, the, the final whistle. So yeah. it's like, I'm with you. We need, I want to see these guys play more than five minutes a match, you know, 10 minutes a match. I want to give Brozier a shot at starting. And I realize that's what cup games are for too, but he can't do worse than what has already been on the pitch. This is an interesting question that I hadn't really thought about in this way until now. Um, maybe I'm just slow. Maybe people have already talked about this, but did we pick the wrong striker? Should we have sent Havertz and kept Werner? What it could have, should have, but it is. What it could have, should have. I don't know. I think, I think because of the, our formation, Werner was better set up for the, for the outside Mm-hmm. Because of the way he makes his runs, he makes those runs in by. And honestly, think that if we had a decent, like if we had a Fabregas in midfield, and Warner could have just mm-hmm. finished half the chances that were you know given to him because he still had chances and missed them. Right. Like I feel like he would still be here. Like I don't think it's that Warner is wasn't a fit for our system or mm-hmm. he's not a good player. I don't, there was just something, something just didn't click and it happens. And I get that. And I will always respect the guy because he gave his all when he was on the pitch and mm-hmm. he was actually at the match this past weekend too, as well. Saw that. Yeah. yeah. So respect to him. I, I, I like Warner. So, and I get it. Like we just need to cut our losses with him. It sucks. But I mean, that is an interesting question. I honestly don't think either one of them fits our system. Yeah, like Warner fits it more than Kai does, but he just couldn't put it together here at Chelsea, right? So I don't know. But it it you brought up a good point there too. If he had just finished his chances, yeah. this would be a way different conversation because he did mm-hmm. have chances. 
Like yes, that's part of did. the reason we were so frustrated is because just sitters, just missing sitters, mm-hmm. or just not making like the decision to best guide the ball into the net when you're right in front of the net, mm-hmm. like, um, or you're right in front of goal. It it is it's kind of baffling, uh, like how unproductive our front line mm-hmm. has been. It really is. And it's all, it's funny though, because like I always fall in love with those players that are like that. Like I love Timo Warner and he reminds me so much of Fernando Torres and I love Fernando Torres, Yeah, but that dude missed so many freaking sitters and I love Torres. Yeah. Like I had a Torres Jersey. Like I love that guy, but he just wasn't like, it just wasn't meant to be at Chelsea for him. It was the yeah. curse. So he was kind of already on the decline, uh, true pool too. I think he came off an injury too. He did. So, yeah, he was coming off yeah. an injury whenever we signed him. So, um, oh, I know, but I'll never forget. I'll never forget that goal he scored against Barca to seal that uh, in the Champions oh, League. I, I was watching that in freaking class. I mm-hmm. was like in the back on my really old Dell laptop, streaming it on one of those sites that you had to go through like several not suitable for work ads for. Yeah. Oh, it's that great. Is, I'll never. Uh, that's what I think about with Torre. I always think too, mm-hmm. he, he won us that corner that Drogba scored on in the mm-hmm. uh, final. Like he yep. came on and won us that corner. So I, anyway, he was worth all that money too. He was a record breaking yeah. signing too. And we sold him and those two things make him so worth it for me. So, well, yeah, I mean, he think, I mean, let's just admit it, you know, single handedly won us the champions league that year. Not really. I will give complete credit to Drogba <laughs> for winning us the Champions League because that's my boy. Oh man! But oh. Um, yeah, I, it's just and it's like Kai sort of has that same story arc where he scored that goal in the Champions League for us, right? Like that's why we won the Champions League is because, of, and I think that's why he gets more leeway, yeah, than he probably should is because of that goal. Yeah, like that's because a good point. he did score that goal, he is given a lot more leash than a, like if that would have been Werner that scored that goal. I don't think, I think people would be a lot more, which I think there is a contingency of people that are just sort of ready to see Havertz go or mm-hmm. not start or different something. So I don't know. I, I think we're both in agreement that we want to see somebody else up top start this game, whether it's Pulisic, uh, Brogia, something anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So last segment, final or score predictions, which Jason is now, uh, one for one on score predictions this year. Daniel's 0 for 2. Um, Getting closer Jason, to that rubber duck. <laughs> Jason uh, predicted the message um, last uh, perfectly last week, 2-2. Um, uh, so, Jason, what is your prediction for uh, the uh, match this weekend? This has been the thing I've been dreading the most. And I think that I'm going to say three, nothing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think we get our ah, second clean sheet of the season. Okay. And I, I don't know who scores them. Sorry. I'm interrupting. Oh, no, 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 wait, I'm no, done. Wait. Who I scores? I was going to say, I don't, no, I don't scores? know. I have well, no idea. We said scores. Reese James scores. Yeah. Okay. yeah you're right. Reese James scores. Pulisic scores and Sterling. Okay. All right. All oh right. dude. Um, but what if Reese James got a brace? Oh, Ooh. what if Reese James got a hat trick? There's so many Ooh. possibilities. He's the only one that could do it at the moment. What if Reese gets a hat trick and three assists to himself? He just kicks the ball to himself the whole match. He already is a god. That <laughs> how do you transcend that? I don't. I don't know. 
dude. I, don't either. I okay. I want that to happen. That's my <laughs> favorite thing that I've ever heard. Sorry, it's oh, your turn man. now. Three zero. Oh, no. uh, I think that I'm okay with that. I would really love for us. I think what I'm nervous about, based on the conversation we just had, I would I would love to come out and just destroy leads, and then that gives even more of a reason to get some of those players in earlier if they don't mm-hmm. start. But I think right. I think it's wishful thinking, but would be amazing to see them start earlier than the 75th minute, mm-hmm. 80th minute. Yeah, 75th, 80th so, minute, yeah. But yeah, I'm done. 3-0. I am going 3-1 because I think nice. Leeds scores off a corner. They will <sighs> Leeds will leak one in somehow off our defense. Yeah. I just I, especially if Dave is back there, I don't have the confidence in keeping a clean sheet. Even though we kept a clean sheet against Everton, it yeah. is strange. I rate Leeds higher better than Everton. <laughs> That's I, 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 no, that's fair. I mean, oddly enough, even though I predicted Jesse Marsh would be the first coach fired in the Premier League <laughs> this year, um, still stand. Well, I don't know. Jason's prediction is looking a lot more true than mine at this point in time. So rubber duck, baby. <laughs> Good gracious! I think you should get bonus <laughs> points for that prediction. I'm just saying, like, you I, might, I might just get you rubber duck if that comes true. Hey, dude! Not only that, but I did say that they were going to start out horribly and then work their way back up to sixth. So that so far is is like coming to fruition too. Yeah. Yep. Um that's the only one I'll get right. I I I'm going to go buy your rubber duck as soon as we get off this podcast. So that's what that's how I predict the end of this rubber duck bet will go. Rubber duck bet. Oh man. So yeah. So anyway, to close, we're both predicting a uh Chelsea win this weekend scoring three goals. Uh I think Oh, I think man. it's fair, though, that you would think they would come off a corner. I think that's a very fair, fair assessment. I think that's the way they'll score. If they if they score against us, it'll be off a set piece. I don't see them beating us in open play. Um, I do think that Reese scores this weekend again. I think he's also going to get an assist. I don't know. I'm going to go with Sterling. I'm going to go with Sterling. Sterling gets a brace this match. Sterling with, the, Sterling with the brace. Reese will have a goal and an assist. And it will be a highly contested debate over who should be player of the match after the game between us. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. We've been no, pretty copacetic so far. We, we're mm-hmm. due for a heated argument. We are. We are. Um, for sure. All right. Uh, we're going to get out of here now, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Jason, why don't you tell our lovely listeners where they can find us at these days? Um, the ball and foot. Uh, at Facebook and Twitter and the Ball and Foot Pod on Instagram. That irks me to no end. But just type in the Ball and Foot and you'll find us. Twitter is really the place to be. Daniel is incredible on there. So Daniel's got Twitter game. I don't even know what Twitter is most days. So, um, But I do enjoy flipping through what Daniel writes on there. So I would <laughs> say follow us there. But we also have a very tiny presence on Facebook and Instagram. We put a, we put um, lineups up for the matches. Oh, no, <laughs> so that's no, no. basically it. Correction. We do not put lineups out for matches. <laughs> Jason puts lineups out for matches and they're amazing. If you did not see his one from Tottenham, that one was amazing with the rubber, with the rubber chicken on there. Amazing. Dude, did that rubber chicken not look just like their <laughs> logo or their, it was amazing. Emblem. I loved it. It's a, not only that, it's a rubber chicken chicken on the thames so it's in london hey 
Yeah, man. It was fake. I, I need to I actually need to go back and credit where I got that from on Flickr because I think we were supposed to give some attribution. So uh go follow us, find out the attribution uh for the rubber chicken picture. <laughs> Oh, yeah, guys. So, yep, we will be back Sunday with a match review or match recap, review, whatever you want to call it, of the Leeds match, um, which Chelsea will definitely score three goals in. Yes. It's just a debate of how many Leeds will score at this point in time. Yeah. So, um, yep, y'all catch us wherever you you listen to your podcast at, Apple, Spotify, wherever. I don't care. Just please listen. That's all I ask. (laughs) (laughs) We'll catch you guys on the flip side. That's a rubber duck flippity floppity.